Hi everyone and welcome to episode 9 of Epilogues and Epiphanies, a show where we'll explore questions about life, the universe, and being human through the lens of TV and film. In today's episode, we'll be discussing Dan in real life with special guest Justin Nowicki. Justin, much like other previous guests, is a friend from work and we get into some great conversations about the broadness of human experience and cultivating empathy for adolescents and so much more. So without further ado, let's go. Today I have a special guest with me. Justin Nowicki is joining me on today's episode to uh, talk about Dan in real life. Uh, So Justin, um, I guess I'll throw it over to you to introduce yourself to the audience here. Um, You know, I always like to ask something about you as a person, um, whatever you want to share, and then maybe just why this particular subject matter is interesting or special to you. So Uh, first and foremost, a friend, friend of Lindsay, um, proud, proud member of that group and the epilogues and epiphanies fan club. Um, I am uh, an Enneagram seven, a Myers-Briggs ENTP. And um, what else would I add there? Um, You know, a Peloton novice. I am uh, vocationally in terms of my job, I'm the vice president for enrollment um, at a local college here. And what that means is I'm a marketer and I'm a strategist and I work in sales. And um, I am uh, a little bit of a, a movie buff and a fan of television and entertainment and really sitting on my couch. Love it. You know, you got the Peloton in there, so it balances out. Life's about balance, you know. You got you, you need both. You do need both. Sometimes you need pizza and movies, and sometimes you need to go hate yourself on a bike. Um, so totally get that. Um, yeah, so Dan in real life. Why Dan, Dan in, in real, real life? life. Well, I'm very I'd... curious about this answer. So this is interesting. I think people who know me would probably assume I would choose a comedy or maybe like a Batman movie. But um, when I think about movies that are some of my favorites – Folks who really know me will understand this, and listeners to the podcast maybe will come to understand why I love this movie so much. But Dan in Real Life, okay, is this little 2007 film that not a ton of people saw. I went to see it my freshman year of college, um, Mm. mostly because Steve Carell was in it, and I saw the trailer. And this was a time when we saw trailers in movie theaters. Yeah, we Um, sure did. And I thought, I like Steve Carell. I want to check it out. It seemed like it had uh, some funny moments and some heart. And really, uh, I, I fell in love with this movie because it is just this sort of charming, very human, um, romantic comedy that is not over the top and is fairly melancholy throughout. And, and we'll probably get into why that is. that is. But it's just, it's very conversationally funny. It's not like big laughs and unlikely premises. Um, it's just a, a pretty human movie. And that hit at the right time. Uh, for mm-hmm. freshman in college, yeah. Justin. Yeah. No, I, as soon as you said, and I saw it my freshman year of college, I was like, oh, there's a big part of it because I feel like there are some movies for me when they were just like, you know, those big years where there's just like a lot of big life moments happening that just like click in and you kind of just, they, they hit different. Yeah, that was certainly the case here. Um, it's very much a time in life movie. So, um, this was my transition from senior year of high school to freshman year of college. It was just such a unique year in my life. 
and I was going through a couple of things. My parents were divorcing and I lost mm. my best friend my senior year mm. of high school. And oh, so wow. I've also just maybe my whole life had, I would like to claim this, I've had like a fun dad vibe. And so <laughs> this movie has a mixture of this like kind of sad guy who's experienced a loss, mm. the main character, mm-hmm. Dan Burns. Um, he's a recently widowed father of three. And mm-hmm. maybe that's who I was senior year uh, or freshman year mm-hmm. of high school or yeah. of college uh, without the kids. I didn't have any children, <laughs> uh, but just the energy, the vibe of the movie kind of mm-hmm. matched where I was at yeah. emotionally, yeah. mentally, but just also just also very um, hopeful in a way. Mm-hmm. So it is mm-hmm. a sad movie, but there's an undercurrent mm-hmm. of good things can happen. And I think that's yeah. one of my favorite things about the movie and this genre that almost doesn't exist anymore. Um, if you have mm-hmm. a, a movie that's very human, it's mm-hmm. it, it, like 2010s on, those very human movies are very bleak and they generally mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. unhappy yeah. endings or, or ambiguous yeah. endings. So yes. this gives you the melancholy, the layered, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. a happy ending. Yeah. And so yeah. I like I like both. It's like life. Uh, yeah. It's good and it's bad. I agree. I 100% agree. That's something I think I've said a few different times. I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, but I've definitely said it to friends that like I hate movies that are only serious because that's not life. Like humans, even if they are like, you know, I don't know, Mission Impossible saving humans, like they're going to crack jokes because things get tense and you're going to make a dumb comment and make a joke. Like the ones that just try to be, take themselves too seriously, I feel just lose that authenticity because human, like we're both, like you said, you know, life is good and bad and it's a, it's a mix of both. So no, I, I love that. That makes, that makes total sense. Um, yeah, no, that I agree. I feel like that genre is kind of melting away or has melted away i think there's been a few pushes in the last couple years where people have tried to bring it back um a little bit and there have been mixed results um it's almost like we don't know how to do it anymore um but uh yeah yeah no i do feel like there yeah there were a lot of people and that's like honestly one of my favorite things to do is like spend too much time thinking about who was in what else when I see them in a movie. Um, and I definitely did that when we were watching it last night. Um, cause there's so many people like, like we were talking about earlier, the, the dad from, what was it? Frasier? Um, is his, in yeah, it. like that was a, I was not expecting him. Like they all kind of like rush yeah. them when they get there. And like, it's yeah. I was like, Diane oh, Weist is his mom. She's like a heavy hitter. Oh my um, gosh. The original Fiero from Wicked, the musical, is Dan's brother Clay, who plays the piano, and they sing. Okay, Matt said um, that guy kind of won the, a bunch of like Tonys or something, and yep. I was like, Norbert well, good for Leo him. Butts. Oh, uh, a terrific name for an actor or a presidential assassin. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta have three names. Um, but he he's terrific. They sing yeah. a song together. Ruthie Pigface Draper. Yeah. Emily Blunt, you mentioned earlier, ironically plays a character uh, they used to call Pigface when they were kids, and she's very much not a Pigface. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's oh a great goodness. cast. Yeah. And and of course, uh, Juliette Binoche as Marie Dan's love interest. So oh, yeah. Yeah. It's maybe a good time to talk about the plot. Yes, I feel my like synopsis. yes, your um your quick plot summary Great. probably well, well placed order, here so no, sorry you're, for what that means for you no nope, the i i can they can listen out of order it's okay so so <laughs> my version of the plot is this dan in real life is about dan the titular dan is dan burns he is a writer uh formerly he was a writer of novels 
uh, specifically one novel, and uh, didn't life didn't quite turn out the way he planned. So he is a columnist now for a newspaper, uh, giving advice primarily on parenting. He is uh, kind of a reserved guy, pretty wise. Um, he has three daughters. Mm-hmm. He's recently widowed. Mm-hmm. So four years prior to the events of the movie, mm-hmm. he, he lost his wife and his children lost their mom. And um, the film's plot revolves around this trip that they take um, to their family's, Dan's parents' summer house. Mm-hmm. So they're going to help grandma and grandpa close up the house. And so he's got three girls, um, two teens, one preteen. And uh, part of the movie just deals with... Um, his, the trials and tribulations of a family struggling through their situation, um, the grief, the loss, but also just normal life stuff and teen angst, mm-hmm. um, navigating that as a single dad. Um, Dan drives a pretty cool Volvo wagon it's that's not pretty... important to the plot, but I feel like it is one of the characters. It is, for sure. There's a word for that it... car. I can't think of what it's called, but Matt uses matt of course knows the word for the car but it's basically when Mm -hmm. a car that's meant to seem like an old junker is actually in really great shape for a movie um and apparently apparently there's a category for that kind of car but it's like it's sweet i know what you're talking about yeah like the van and little miss sunshine yes exactly improbable this is running yes exactly Um, (laughs) so uh on the way to um, this this kind of yearly ritual of closing up mm-hmm. the summer house, um, Dan ultimately encounters at a bookstore a woman named Marie um, who is looking for a book recommendation. And so Dan is kind of taken by her and uh, pretends to be an employee at the bookstore and makes some recommendations. Um, and it's just kind of witty and charming in a very Steve Carell understated kind of way. And, uh, and they really connect. They end up talking for hours. And um, Marie has to run because she's got to go meet up with a new boyfriend, a new relationship. She's been invited to this family situation that she describes in a foreshadowing way. It could be a little awkward (laughs) uh, because she doesn't know these people. And so flash forward, Dan and Marie both arrive back at the family (laughs) house where it's revealed that Marie is dating Dan's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so some yeah. hijinks ensue. Part <laughs> of the movie's plot is really just um, kind of a classic. You've got like 20 people in one house. And so yeah. it's this big, beautiful it's a house. Lot. I love the house in that movie. It's like this Cape Codish arts mm-hmm. and crafts house in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And so while you're thinking this is a, just a typical family, you're also thinking, what do they do to afford this giant house? It's like right. eight bedrooms. Right, Um but the family stuff ensues, and so um, Dan and Marie are forced to pretend as though they don't know each other. They're meeting for the first time, um, and that they've not had this like romantic interaction. Dan's brother is kind of the opposite of Dan. If Dan is thoughtful mm-hmm. and stoic, mm-hmm. his brother is flighty and silly and immature um, and a lot of fun, played by Dan Cook. Dan Cook? No, he's played by Dane Cook. Dane Cook. Dan's brother is played by Dane Cook. Yes. Who is yes. really tolerable. Yeah, he's he's very understated like in this movie. Like the director must have said, Okay, but we need you not to be Dane right now. Yeah, we need I you think to any turn it down. would hear Dane Cook is in the movie and, and be like, Oh, I'm not watching that or that's gonna be campy or something. Mm-hmm. And it's he's very undane like yes. Um, yes. in a great way. So I think he actually puts in a pretty good performance. 
Um, so you can imagine some of the situations they're put in, pretending they don't really know each other. Um, this family, one of the things I love about the movie is the family just has like these neat rituals and traditions and things they do. Um, everyone falls in love with Marie. Marie is this like worldly, um, right, literate, well-traveled mm-hmm. um, person that they just all fall in love with. Probably end up liking her more than they like Dan. Certainly Dan's girls mm-hmm. like her more than yes. him. Yes, At least in that moment. And uh, and really more than Dane Cook's character even. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they say so she, both of those things at some point. I think like the family, the, the family says something like, um, we like her something like we like her better than you. So if you mess this up, like basically you're doomed. Um, and we're keeping then, her and getting rid of you. Yes, I, that's yeah. And then I think the girls say later on, we much prefer her to you or something like that. And it's uh, it's pretty funny. Um, I did have a follow up question about one situation in the movie that I was curious because, mm-hmm. you know, he he just strikes me as like, you're right. When the bookstore scene happens, he's very like smooth and charming and he just doesn't even think twice. He just slides into, of course, I work here and I'm going to play this off. I I mean, I'm me, but I can't imagine like, you know, someone assumes I work somewhere and I just like run with it. Would you ever do that? Is that I a thing you I would do? I think I probably would. It I feels like an too. improvisational thing. And uh, that makes sense for Steve Carell. I don't mm-hmm. know if it makes sense for his character, but I, I, but it works in the movie, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I 100% would do that. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if Ashley walked in, my wife, it, yeah. it kind of reminds me of Juliet. Yeah. Juliet Nash and this uh, kind of her look and her vibe anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I 100% would do that. Or I'd yeah. try to. I don't know if I could be as smooth as Dan was, but. Yeah. I I was just like, I thought that was really like an interesting play for his character because he was suddenly very smooth. And um, but up to this point, we had mainly just seen him kind of be like intense and nervous and a little hovery with his children, um, which is kind of understandable. Yeah. They've been through a lot. But on the other hand, he very much struck me as someone who was really, really struggling with change. Um because they were growing up they were now entering teenager life and he like anything that wasn't them being kids he was like no so boys no Mm -hmm. driving no like he was like shutting that down and then even the youngest one she's like who she says something oh it was great i wrote this one down um you're a good father but sometimes you're a bad dad and that's a great line because you know what it means even though it doesn't really say what it means um mm-hmm. and he can't believe that the little one said that he who told you to say that and she's like i'm in the fourth grade i can think of things on my own and he can't wrap his head around that she can form her own opinions and has some feedback mm-hmm. for him now and he's just like really wrestling with this all of them like changing and growing and i would imagine it's probably you know time kind of freezes in a crisis moment and so the loss is probably like a frozen moment and now you can't pretend things are the way they were when she left when she wasn't with them anymore and um but i just was like that that line about um the uh you're you're a good father but you're sometimes you're a bad dad i was like oh she hit it because he's very much doesn't want to engage with them personally like he wants to be up here and yeah i think it's there's something implied about the change that's happened probably in his parenting style because of that loss so they have this great relationship where like jane the oldest 
child can talk to him very openly about what's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not mine. That's Kara's. Mm-hmm. There's this boy. They have this relationship where there's clearly trust and mm-hmm. good communication. Um, so, you know, I think about attachment styles and it seems like, you know, there was healthy attachment at some point, but now it's almost mm-hmm. as though it's transitioned to an anxious mm-hmm. um attachment style where he's yeah he's experienced the loss and he mm-hmm. that manifests in jane jane is a new driver and wants to drive the family mm-hmm. on the highway mm-hmm. and um she says to to dan if you don't let me then i'll never learn and dan says if i let you 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 may not live um and mm-hmm. so clearly that loss has shaped his mm-hmm. understanding and mm-hmm. that's his primary motivator is protecting his girls mm-hmm. um, from physical risk, but also like emotional risk. Mm-hmm. So Kara's relationship, yeah. she falls in love with this boy before they leave mm-hmm. and uh, she falls in love with him in three days. <laughs> and Dan says, you can't know in three days. <laughs> she says, no, dad, I love him. And the most like freshman in high school or maybe even a middle schooler kind of way. It's pretty I, intense. I love him. I know the feelings are so intense and and he's a dad and he's an advice columnist and he's saying yeah no that's not that's not love that's some sort of uh like infatuation infatuation. like hormones or yeah um one of the things that we um share is we were the same major at the same school and so um, one thing that I always think about when I think about teenage drama is I don't know who you had for childhood and adolescent psychology, but I had Dr. Brian and she I remember her telling us when we got to the part where we were talking about like the teenage years and the developmental things going on there of just like you're never going to be closer to that time in your life than you are right now. And I want you to like basically take good notes about what you remember and like have compassion and just like really mm-hmm. like cultivating empathy. She's like, cause it's really easy to be dismissive of teenagers because they feel like so much. But if you remember what it was like, it was a lot like you're right. dealing with like all this stuff that's like out of your control and you don't want to be a drama queen, but everything feels like it's on 10 and just like, mm. I just, that's something that has stayed with me for such a long time that like, you know, whenever people want to just be like, oh, they're just being so dramatic. I'm like, they can't help it. Like, this is their world. Like, this is, this is how their feelings feel to them. And, you know, she, yeah. she feels that love, even though it seems silly and crazy and, you know, it's real to her. And, um, that's right. Now it's a time in life where you have more emotional parts of your brain than long-term thinking, critical thinking parts of your brain. Yeah. I think about that a lot yeah. with teens and kids. They just don't have, they don't have all their brain yet. Yeah. So let's yeah. have compassion. Yeah. They're, they they're working the with what they got and they just that. don't have it all yet. They've got all the neuro- neurotransmitters. They've got all the hormones flooding in, <laughs> but not, not all the hardware they need yeah so for sure have some compassion for That's sure good. yeah no she was i i will say i i had to i really had to work on the compassion with um what's the oldest the the girl with the boyfriend what's her name kara 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 was testing me <laughs> she was mm-hmm. she, she was, was testing everyone she was testing everyone she was really um uh she's the one though that i i think i mentioned when you when you uh first got here that like i could tell what year the movie was because her sweatpants were low-rise sweatpants with uh words on the butt um and that's how you know it was 2007 because like 
they were velour and low rise and there was a word on her butt and i was like and mm. i know what time it is so uh she said yeah she those said pants the and the fact that dane cook appears in the film yes tell you exactly it's a time capsule when it's taking place 2007 yes and this is probably a good point at which to say this this will contain spoilers for the 2007 film dan in real life so yeah if you didn't see it in the last i'll put i'll put years, that at the front to make sure everyone like um, knows that if they really don't want it spoiled they should watch that first it's on a lot of people's must-see list they see the, <laughs> the poster with steve Carell's head on a pile of pancakes it's a pretty good poster you know to be honest like it begs the question what's going on here? yeah what's what's this. going on in dan's so, real life yeah exactly yeah. so it does um you have some tropes at play in this film. You've got the the anxious dad. You've got um, the teenage daughters who mm-hmm. have a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the big family, small house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you almost have – what I love about the movie is it is more human, feels more real life, ironically, than, than a lot of movies in the genre because – the main love interest, so Marie, is kind of a take on the manic pixie dream girl. Oh, yeah, for sure. She is like the, but rather she is the centered, mature. Um, She's pixie girl all grown level, up. Uh, ideal woman. Yeah. Like worldly person mm-hmm. uh, who has had all these neat experiences. And so I liked that. I appreciated yeah. that. She's And the leads in this, the romantic leads are, I think, pretty clearly like in their 40s yeah yeah that was a little so different a too yeah story yeah but it's not aimed at your grandparents right it's not jack nicholson oh my gosh and um yeah i don't even know. know what that movie is but i know what movie you're talking about yeah for sure mm-hmm. like it's it's give. complicated or something or i don't even remember what there's there's a lot of it them. feels like there's a bunch of movies in that like senior love genre yeah. and there's the young love matthew mcconaughey takes his shirt off genre and this is something something that's just kind of little pocket in the middle yeah standalone-ish yeah yeah no yeah it's a uh, definitely this like um that that pixie girl kind of thing is i just always see it as like whatever you think is normal this this person is going to say and do the opposite. So, you know, her ideal day is waking up in a country where she doesn't speak the language and she's totally on edge and like doesn't know what's going on and, you know, has to, she's really uncomfortable. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. Who are you? Like, who is that? Right. Like, She's the girl who will sweep into your life and fix all your problems and bring excitement and joy. So there is, you know, there's some some well-worn mm-hmm. roads in terms mm-hmm. of characterization. But I think the take on it yeah. in this movie is what makes it refreshing. It definitely feels more like grounded. She, she is probably like she's a really fun seven. I'm a seven, but I mostly have just like the I get bored with things easily part of seven. She has like the really fun parts of seven in some ways. And then Dan is like a five. Dan's very much like in his head, he is, cerebral, yeah. writer, maybe some four elements to him. Um, and so that that interplay between those two is pretty fun to watch. Yeah. Um, where Dane Cook, the brother, who's initially the boyfriend of of Marie is like a golden retriever. I mean, you always know whoever they start out with is not gonna it's not gonna work. Like if you start out together, that's that's not the good sign. So, um yeah, no, there was uh, one thing I thought was really interesting and uh maybe telling of his brother's lack of intelligence was prompting the girlfriend to read the book 
that he stole the lines from. What are you doing, bud? Yes. Yeah, so, so Dan has written one book, a novel. It, it ran once and it didn't sell much, but it's got all these great lines in it that his brother, Dane Cook, is using all throughout the movie and all throughout the relationship, apparently, with Marie. Yeah. And so he is yeah. immediately found out as soon as she reads the book, but he is not smart enough to remember or um, just so not self-aware um, that he forgets where he got those yeah. lines. He probably thinks those are his lines. That could be. As I yeah. I mean, character. he would have to have just totally forgotten that he said those things because he's the one at one point pushing the book. Like, you need to read his book. He's so good. He's so smart. He's so talented. Um, yeah, this was very interesting. I, right. He was questionable for sure. So very Reader's Digest version from that point you know, it becomes clear that Dan and Mm -hmm. uh, Marie are really the better fit. And so they keep having these interactions throughout the movie where they really need to be together, Mm -hmm. but they can't get alone together because they're in this Mm -hmm. house with all these people. And so they have a few funny moments where they're just trapped in a room through various circumstances. I'll let you check it out, (laughs) listener. I know you're going to watch this movie. Um, But they, they finally get to connect. And ultimately... Um, things break down at the sort of pinnacle, the emotional high point of the movie is this family talent show um, where, which I love that concept, like at a family reunion or something, I've always thought I'd like to include that as a tradition in some way, where Dan is normally excused from performing a talent at the talent show because he's Yeah, I understand that now, but Um, like the way they they set it up, at first like because i didn't understand until like the middle or the end of the talent show that it was only since his wife had passed away that he was excused i thought they his whole life had excused him from the talent show and i thought what a message to send to someone we don't think you have anything interesting to perform you're excused like and i was like that's harsh but turns out it was just because he was sad but i was like very like offended for him that they didn't think he was interesting and excused him (laughs) There are a couple of those moments where it feels like maybe they cut more than they should have because things weren't as clear. Another thing that's different about this movie you don't get in a lot of movies now, it's 98 minutes yeah, start to finish. that's true. It's a tight true. film by today's standards where most yeah. movies are two hours Bad story for some telling. reason. Um, or plus. And so they probably mm-hmm. could have, they probably had more about that. But yeah, he's. it seems as though he is not really sang a song mm-hmm. or played his guitar since his wife has died. So it's a sweet moment. And at that Mm -hmm. point, Marie just can't bear it anymore that she's in this kind of facade relationship Mm -hmm. when she just really wants to be with Dan. So um, it does have a happy ending. Um, I would encourage you, (laughs) listener, to watch the movie to see what that is. But um, I think that's a rarity, too. Maybe I touched on that earlier, but that that the movie has like it ends on a high note um, Mm -hmm. and things are right in the world and good. And so maybe overall that's part of the appeal mm-hmm. to the movie of the movie to me is it's yeah. sort of simple in some ways. It's understated and yeah. it's it's sad but it's happy. Yeah. Just yeah, because sad place. things have happened doesn't mean it's always going to be sad things happening. I think that's what like, you know, like we talked about earlier, just like these all or nothing movies, like I've gotta be like silly to the max and there's no depth to this story or it's like, you know, so convoluted and depressing that, you know, you would wonder how anyone like survived honestly. Um, and it's it's life is not one or the other or none of us would make it. Um, because that's just not how it works. Um 
I, and I think too the, the like you were ta- you were talking about the lows kind of make you appreciate the highs a little bit. Like that contrast kind of gives it that sweetness. I think, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, the one thing there was one other thing that I thought was super strange, and that was the uh, family group workout. Um, I was like, no, no, and also he's in yes. jeans. Like, what is happening? Like. Dan is in jeans working out and it's like a whole big awkward family yard workout. Yeah. Dan does not want to be there. And so I, one of the questions I have from the movie is what is Okay. I had to look up what even the brother's occupation was also because he is. What is his? Is one of them. He is in a band. The brother is just a musician. According to, according to Google. I don't know what Marie does though. It's unclear. I feel like it's said in the movie that they met. At yes the gym yes or they at did like a workout class so maybe that's Something. the only cohesion there but later at the end of the movie um, towards the end of the movie spoiler when marie has left the house and dan and his girls realize we just got to go find mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. marie we need marie that's the right thing mm-hmm. they find her uh, mm-hmm. at a gym mm-hmm. running on a treadmill in new york city mm-hmm. in right in the window like a you know a <laughs> hamster on a wheel on display oh, in the man. window um, and so I wondered, is she a fitness instructor? Is she doing that? Like, she seems too smart or worldly or, you know, that doesn't seem, let me change that clip so I don't hey, offend your fitness you're instructor good. listeners. Um, it doesn't seem like that would be the occupation. She seems she more have, intellectually focused. Yeah. And so forth. yeah. It seems like she would have something like yeah. she's a curator, She gives me very like, um, or something like that. art museum curator vibes, like uh, Julia Roberts' character in yeah. uh, Ocean's Eleven. She's kind of got that energy a little bit about mm. her. She's kind of giving like art director yes. for a taste magazine. Yes, there you magazine. go. Um, but yeah. something, something along those lines, right? Yeah. But I just wondered maybe that's I what she know. does because she's at... She's seen at the gym, but that it was workout, so weird. Yeah, it, it's kind of a non sequitur. Although I do love the use of the song um, "September" there. So, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire September is playing during that the family is true. workout. That is true. And, uh, that's that a is... special song. Special song in my life. So that's yeah, a fun moment. it's. But yeah, there are a few few interesting things. At one point, Dan accidentally. Okay, I was just getting his, there. I um, said he kidnaps them. He doesn't tell the parents where he's taking them. Yeah, no, he definitely kidnapped children. And I was like, "What? You are the over anxious parent. How could you steal someone else's kids?" That so Dan was crazy. Is really forgetting himself through this very much so thing. My, I think my favorite line from the movie is probably, um, this corn is like an angel. Oh, that was special, too. That was... Which I feels when, improvised. I don't know if it was. It could have been. When he starts saying, this corn is like an angel, and like that whole like progression of his spiral happens, I, I turned to Matt and I said, he didn't take very long to break. I was like, we didn't even make it a whole day. And this man has already cracked mm. and is like just going off on everyone and it's just so funny it's he's he spirals and lashes out really quickly and like it's also a little bit interesting to me so he comes back from the bookstore and everyone zeroes in on him they're like what's up you're like your energy is like weird like what's going on and like they pick up on that but not the weirdness when she comes out between the two of them i'm like that feels unlikely that feels very unlikely to me um, that you would notice like his mood was slightly different, but you wouldn't notice this like elephant right in the middle 
Um, so that was kind of, they're very, very close and there's so many mm. of them. And I come from a small, quiet family and I was like, whoa, whoa, mm. it was, it yeah. was intense. And that may be one of the things I like about the movie as well, subconsciously is, so there's like three families, maybe four crammed in that house, that size of family, that was just, just my family. So I oh have seven siblings. So there were 10 people around, you know, most of my life. Um, So I think that like chaotic kind of energy of it for in a weird way, that's calming to me. But right. It is kind of unlikely that there would be this like secrecy in the setting of so many people. Somebody would pick up on it. Yeah. But there's that, um, you know, one of the things I like about the movie, there is a requirement of some suspension of disbelief, but Mm -hmm. not not like a Hallmark but it's not, movie level. Yeah, oh gosh, no. No, it's definitely not. I mean, there is some, like, and I just always like to talk about what are those moments that do make you, like, I say moments that felt, like, questionable. And what I mean by that is, like, moments that maybe felt, like, inconsistent with reality that you had to, like, check back in on, like, okay, no, I'm in this world with these rules, like, and because it just feels out of place. And I think that moment for me, I was like, no one's sensing this. Like, that felt, that felt, like, questionable mm-hmm. to me. So, um, no, but otherwise, like, you're right. It's not, like, fairy tale ish by any means. Like, it's, this movie has texture, I think is what I would say, both, like, visually and, like, emotionally and, like, just character complication wise like no one is kind of like one thing um there there are a lot of different parts of them going on like dan's a great dad but he he's also kind of doing something that feels a little bit yucky to people for a minute when they realize he's got feelings for his brother's girlfriend and like you know things are messy um and that's real and i think that does make this dan in real life so for sure hey there you go that feels like a good go. tag for the end. Just they, like boom. Yeah, it's it's somewhat improbable, but at the same time, it they, they take the most realistic possible route mm-hmm. to get there. Like, yeah, it's yeah. his brother's girlfriend, but it's a very new relationship. Mm-hmm. And he invited her to this family thing probably a little too soon. Yeah. Like their relationship he, he kind of admits that he yet. didn't really tell her that he was like inviting her to the the whole whole family family. so she showed up even doing yeah no that's cruel that's yeah no i uh like you it's definitely new you can tell and i think she you know what we've said about her character had she known that it was going to be everyone i I think she would have made the judgment call for both of them and said this is not the moment this is not it and Yeah. yeah for sure because I, I, I said she's a seven. I don't know that she's a seven. She does have some introvert vibes, which I guess a seven could be an introvert, but I don't generally think of them in that way. Maybe she's a four, but she's really fun. I mean, she's mm-hmm. got great energy. Mm-hmm. She talks to people. She'll talk to mm-hmm. the kids. She gets on their level. I think that really endears her to Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting scenario that Dane Cook got everyone into for sure. Well, yeah, and I, that's, I lost my train of thought for a second there, but that's kind of what I was thinking. So someone who has a huge family, myself, like the decision, and I've been out of the dating game for a long time, over a decade uh, at this point, but the decision to bring somebody home, that's a big one, yeah, especially it is. when you know they're going to be walking into this chaotic big yep. thing. And so yeah, I'm from a big family. Dan has this big family. My wife, Ashley, she has her brother and her parents. And that's sort of, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a small, tight-knit 
reserved crew. Um, mm-hmm. So introducing her to my boisterous, rowdy, uh, yeah. really fun group. Yeah. Um, that was a, a very measured, calculated decision. Yep. When and yep. where. What's mm-hmm. the entrance plan? What's the exit plan? Right. Yeah. You, you know, that's, maybe you want to do that in a, in a day, a less than a day. Right. Visit. Like an evening thing. Probably not a, a full week situation. You definitely ease people no. into that that adjustment too. Yeah. And I think that's something too. I mean, it's definitely like um you know for this scenario like too too early and obviously like the footing of the relationship was potentially questionable to begin with um but like it is a big decision and there's always going to be that like awkward shockiness of like hey there's a new person and like they're they're entering into this space where everyone else knows the 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 written rules and the unwritten rules and the like the who the history of everyone and um this person's brand new and it just kind of like ripples out through everyone and everyone has to kind of figure out all right what's our new rhythm together and um they decided they were great with marie but maybe not um with the boys maybe um they're like can we trade her maybe let's try (laughs) yeah back to that kidnapping that's one thing the next thing i had in my notes was the um was it kara is that the one with the boyfriend is that okay Mm -hmm. um she she says on the phone i miss your skin (laughs) and that made me lol that was one of my lols she was getting a little hannibal lectory on (laughs) on the phone that made me cringe that was yeah um but i also did feel like it felt for uh, the bulk of the movie it felt like steve was more into steve's character was more into marie than marie was expressing like it was almost like she was she said oh we have to pretend okay i can do that and like it was there were moments but she was until he was kind of up in her space about the awkwardness she was okay or mm-hmm. at least looking yeah, okay she's getting through yeah and then towards the end like you were saying she the talent show she, hiding it yeah for sure. Um, and then Emily Blunt's character, I feel like that was one of the tipping points was um, the double date because, you know, they're trying to they're trying to make things better for Dan. And so they set him up with wh- what was her nickname again? Well, it's Ruthie Draper, um, not affectionately known as Ruthie Pigface Draper. That's back harsh. When, uh, the boys were in school. That's so yeah, harsh. Not uh, not a term you'd use. Not a term you should have used then. Uh, right but but we probably wouldn't have even put it in the movie now <laughs> yeah right. yeah it'd be cut for sure um yeah. and and so yes ruthie is emily blunt and so they go on this double date um dan and ruthie and marie and i don't i don't even remember dane cook's character's name i've seen the movie like 10 times and i just call him dane mm-hmm. cook yeah because uh, it feels like he I could be know. playing dane cook it, yeah but, that's um, kind of so normally marie his and, character and, and, Marie and Dane and uh, Ruthie and Dan go out and, you know, they're dancing and they get The weirdest dance off ever. Jealousy ensues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That was like, at some point I'm just like, what is, what is Steve doing? Did they just like let him go and everyone just kind of like (laughs) stand back for a few minutes? Because he's like Mm -hmm. doing something weird with his like hands and I'm like, what is happening? It's yeah. So crazy. If your dad, it's like if someone's dad was trying, was given the prompt, just dance, try to dance 
in a seductive way if you can, but mostly just dance. You have to keep moving. He looks right. like a um, an uncomfortable like channel a channel a peacock. You know, like that kind of vibe. Like there's some just strutting. Like, there's some there's some strutting. Chicken there's... dance from Arrested Development type moves. Oh my gosh. It's uh, it's really it's unique. Very... It's, it's worth the cost of the admission right there. Yeah, that was a special moment. That that one did get me to laugh. Um, I did laugh out loud at that because I was like, "What is going on? And and how long is this going on?" Because it did linger a little bit in in a way that was like, "Do they know this is uncomfortable?" And then you're like, "I think they know this is uncomfortable. They're doing this on purpose." Okay, he's just gonna keep going. Um, so that was funny, and that's kind of the tipping point. That's the first time we see Marie like pause a little bit about Dan. Um, because they decide, um, Ruthie and Dan decide to go for a drive afterwards and Marie's face is kind of like, but what? Um, Mm. and so that's like the first time we kind of realize, okay, maybe Dan's not just like playing this up too much in his head. Cause it does start to feel that way at a certain point. You're like, is he just being psycho? Like, is she not that into him and he's overplaying this whole interaction and now he's looking like a crazy person? Right. Um, but then that happens and you're like, oh, yeah. nope, it's legit. Like she's she's also into him. and um, Yeah, and you feel spirals. a real connection in the bookstore scene that then kind of goes mm-hmm. dormant from Marie's side yeah. until yeah. that date. And then it's very clear. But I think you see some signs along the way where – She's kind of pondering the life she has and the life she has with Dane Cook versus looking at Dan's life and seeing how wonderful his girls are, you know, a reflection mm-hmm. of him in mm-hmm. some ways and his parenting and what that life might be like. And so it seems a little bit more rooted. It's a little there's definitely depth there. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's some glances exchanged that, you know, maybe yeah. I'm reading into, but where I think I see um, she, she probably wants that more than what she has. Yeah. Yeah. I think she definitely, I, I think that's what was so hard for me was she's definitely a person that, you know, like you said, is knowledgeable, has depth and like kind of that wisdom. And you're just like, but how did we ever get here? Like, how did we ever get to the point where we start? And I think that is always the most, to me, unrealistic part of rom-coms is like the, you know, the catastrophic pairing. You're like, but how did that happen? Because like, it does because it's always you know the ones that they they set up to break up at the start there's always that kind of trope of like this person's the worst and they're obviously not going to end up with this person and you're like okay but like does that mean the person who we're rooting for was dumb or like what's up so it seems like they're shooting for opposites attract here but it's really hard to imagine these people ever getting mm-hmm. into a relationship together because they're not yeah. just opposites they're like incompatible um, yeah it's almost like in, she's in speaking a different language than him like i mean she's like you said talking on this like really academic like literature deep thinker world traveler level and dane cook kind of gets out like you know one-liners basically at best that sometimes he steals um and Mm. it's just kind of like i i I need the pre-story to to believe that that even would have happened but um but then yeah i feel like the next part that was significant was um the boyfriend of the the one daughter makes an appearance and then we get we get into some marty 
Marty makes an appearance and we uh the this was a very funny moment also because I think it was Marty's line wasn't it where he says love is not a feeling it's an ability wasn't that originally Marty's line and then and then immediately uh Dan's character turns around and uses it like it's his piece of sage wisdom Mm. that he's been keeping in his back pocket forever and I was like oh my gosh he just did that and it was just like so seamless and like understated that it was just great yeah the burns boys love to steal other people's apparently apparently even if you can write your own like why just take someone else's Mm -hmm. that's crazy um and that's when we um the famous you are a murderer of love is screamed not said um like guttural screamed across the yard at her dad you are a murderer of love um which Mm. is just with the level the intensity of feeling that only a um an adolescent girl i think can muster like her life depends on those words like she believes it she feels it and she sells it the actress did a great job she she did uh, yeah there was commitment all the angst all the feeling and so that is sort of the height of the breakdown of like the um daughter father relationship in the story Mm -hmm. the the stress between Mm -hmm. the three girls and the and dan that as well as the fact and this is what i found one of the moments I found most unrelatable in a movie that I found pretty relatable overall. Um, this throughout the the week, um, Dan's youngest daughter, I believe it's Lily, um, mm-hmm. is trying to show him something that she made. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is just my parenting style, but I think one of the obligations we have as parents is to let our children know as soon as possible that any piece of art they've made is amazing. We have to validate it as quickly as possible. That's and so his parenting. sweet daughter has made him something and is trying throughout the, the movie to show Dan this thing she made. Yeah. And he will not yeah. make the time of day for her I... when it's clear that he's a good dad. Like that's one yeah. of the things. He's very focused on being a good father. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a moment where he's he's been a good father, but he's not being a good dad in that moment. Yeah, I completely agree because up to this point, he has like, they got there with the extended family and the next day he was like, we need some alone time together as a family. I'm like, you guys have that all the time. What is this about? Like he's obsessed with being with them all the time. He didn't want to go to the store. He wanted to be the one to prepare their breakfast for them. Like he is like all up in their business. He's obsessed with them, yeah. which, you know, is like, you know, parents should be obsessed with their kids. They are usually, and it's the way it's meant to be. Um, but, mm. but you know, for that being true, then this cute little girl asks you to look at her art and you won't do it. What? That didn't, Too that busy. didn't track for me either. I, I made I a note of that. seconds to look at your art. Yeah, that didn't make sense to me either. I was like, she's the cute little one that you get along with and she is asking for your attention and you won't give it to her. That doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, that uh that was weird. Um the other thing, so basically, things kind of come to a head. We talked a little bit about the talent show already um from that point and then um they basically kind of Dan kind of runs off and finds Marie but like at this point he's not really included anyone else in what's going on right like it's just kind of yeah yeah so Marie leaves the house things have gotten unbearable for her she breaks up with the brother and she leaves Um, and the whole family watches the breakup uh, through a window so awkward Um, awkward 
she speeds off, but then she calls Dan and says, I, I had to leave. You can understand why, but I didn't get very far. And so they meet up at, um, you know, that place where, where love connections happen. And that's the bowling alley. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, have a nice sort of scene where they're just going to bowl and just, you know, they're not. This isn't a lust relationship. That's another thing I appreciate mm-hmm. about it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't mean that in a like a puritanical kind of way, but just like it's not. No, just it was based on thing. conversation it's a, at very first. Very much a an intellectual, emotional, human mm-hmm. connection. And so, when they finally get a moment alone together, they are just bowling and talking and laughing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, well, and I then the that. bowling alley um, lady sets the mood with. The like, light switch moment. flip. <laughs> she flips the light off. And I don't know if you ever had like glow bowling or galaxy bowling or anything like that part of your growing up. It was part of mine. I feel like that's a millennial thing. But some Fridays, maybe for some teen birthday parties, um, you'd go yeah. to the bowling alley and they'd have the glow in the dark paint and yep. the disco yep. lights. And they're playing Britney Spears or something. Um, Good times. Here they play uh, something different. But... Um, yeah, so that happens, but, but at the bottom of the comedic smile narrative shape, um, the family walks in just then to the bowling alley, just as Dan and Marie share a little kiss. Um, and the girls are traumatized. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think there's a lot to that as well. They're like, you know, back to that grayness of, the situation of the characters a little bit like there's definitely this like one you didn't tell us this was a thing so that feels like a lie but then two even if we knew about it we're not sure we would have been cool with it um mm-hmm. so it's just a That's lot of girlfriend yeah like that feels like a no-no like you wouldn't want us to you know treat our like take something from our siblings right. um so well, you know. and then Kara has the betrayal of she's just been told she's not allowed to love somebody she just met. And here's her yeah. responsible father acting very irresponsibly yeah. with somebody that he very just true. met. Very true. Very true. You can't know in three days. And I think it's been three days. Mm, so it's crazy maybe. how it worked out script-wise. Yeah. It's good timing on their part, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's based on a true story, which is just wild. Yeah. That's yeah, that would that would be I I feel I I do feel like that element though. Um I I like the story. I think what it would be hard. I I feel like most of us, you know, there's that suspension of belief here. I think in that two people would still choose to pursue each other because I feel like for a lot of us, at least maybe those of us that were raised similarly to like you know i don't know i just feel like there's like this code of conduct of you just wouldn't do that so you just like it would be like a switch in your brain and be like no like i just Mm -hmm. can't do that because like what's the future the future is weird (laughs) like you know it's like it's gonna be i'm sure it had to have been awkward for a while before it got to the the happy ending we get to um even Mm -hmm. after they decide yeah we like marie better than you dad like go get her like, I'm sure with the extended family, it has to be bumpy for some time because it's just one of those odd things. At minimum, very awkward. And that's why yeah. we have that rule, right? Somebody your friend yeah. dated, let alone your sibling dated, is off limits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not the case here. But as you alluded to, it does end up working out. So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the cool part, and that's also a little bit one of the those rom com tropes is you know we end with a wedding. Um, so you know it works out for Dan and Marie, and good things happen for Dan again, and you know he um, he gets his happy ending, and the kids and the family are all there together celebrating, and it's it's not like somber or secret it's like everyone is together we're all in on this like we are we are all happy together so um that's, that's right it ends cool. with a wedding and a song marty the boyfriend is there with kara um dan's brother is there with ruthie pig face draper yeah there so you go everybody's he's happy clearly rebounded quickly um and they seem to be an item uh, that's heavily implied and yeah there's dancing singing and um a nice tidy bow on yep. this interesting family story but um yeah i think overall i love what i love about this movie is i love i would describe it as like a cozy movie this is a good yeah. movie for like a rainy day um mm-hmm. or a snowy saturday it is just yeah. comfy um it's like a nice blanket and uh, maybe it's a blanket your grandma made because it's got a whole lot of heart <laughs> Oh, that's great. No, yeah, it is a cozy movie. I think cozy is uh, feels like to me when I think of a movie with texture, like the color, like I think when I say that, I usually think of like warm tones, that cozy feeling that like it's not in your face. There's nothing too too um high intensity in this movie that's going to really shake you up. It's just kind of a steady story. It's just nice, steady, calm family chaos. (laughs) Definitely hearing you talk about it has helped me appreciate it more. It was one that I had seen because I, I didn't, I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I did see it when it came out. I was one that would like go to family video during the summer back in the day and just like, you know get a stack of movies and just watch everything anything um and so i've pretty much seen most movies and i remember that one and i just remember it feeling sad but i do think i was probably let's see how old would i have been i would have been 16 yeah definitely um a lot less uh tolerance for nuance and grays and um even experience with them obviously at that age a little bit and sure um I think as I've I've shared on one other episode, you know, not a lot of life had happened to me yet. Um, that kind of happened after college for the most part. Um, and so like just this, like I, I was not sure why it needed to be sad feeling like that. That was kind of my, I was like, but why does it have to be like, why do we have to have this premise that's like making me uncomfortable of like, like that feels like a no, no. Like there was just like a lot of gray. And I think when I watched it the first time I was like, I don't, I don't know. Um, and then I rewatched it and, you know, obviously have a much deeper appreciation for Steve Carell and all these people that I've like come to love and all these other projects. So that was really fun. Um, but I was also really interested in like just, you know, I mean, knowing you and your choice of this and like my mental association with this being a sad movie. Um, and I was like, why did Justin pick a sad movie? That's really. Mm. So I was like kind of like intrigued i was like definitely looking forward to that part of our conversation where you you told me why you liked that movie and um i think it makes a lot more sense and yeah i would say before today i was in the category of of people who was surprised by you picking that movie 
Um, mm. But um, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. And I uh, appreciate you sharing kind of that story of like, you know, it, movies hit us where we are. Um, and, you know, sometimes like, right. like where you were in 2000, where you were in 2007 was a very different place than where Lindsay was in 2007. And so it makes sense that that would have really resonated with you in that moment. And um, it's a it's a cool movie. It's like it's very unique. Um, and yeah. like I think you were saying, uh, probably not one that gets a lot of conversation about it. Um so, you know, maybe we'll we'll unleash a new fandom. I'm hope I'm hopeful that this podcast can do that. That's one of the reasons I chose it. Um, because it is I just think it's good. I wouldn't put it as like a great cinematic feat, but it is just this very specific movie for very specific people. And so I'm hoping I'll hear from folks who watch it and really like it. And they're probably gonna be my kind of people. Uh yeah. who love life and have a lot of fun. Um, but they've had they can appreciate uh, the ups and downs of mm-hmm. life as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's very much a melancholy film. The, mm-hmm. the whole feeling of it has mm-hmm. that like higa, haiga, I don't know how to say that word, but that coziness. Um, it, this has a similar feel. This is set Huga. in Rhode it's Island. It's Huga. Huga. That's Huga. the last and I, thing I would have guessed. I know. And it's Huga. because I listened Looking to the little book, of Hu- little book of Huga on audiobook from the library app. And that's why I know how to pronounce it because the guy was like the first intro is like how do you even say this word and he says it like a hundred times <laughs> so nice um, and that's not no. product placement folks that's not a paid sponsorship yeah no definitely not a paid sponsorship spotify has told me i do not qualify for those because my listenership is too small so don't worry but be sure to check out the little book of hookah and use promo code Lindsay one when you borrow that from your library for free. Right, exactly. No, yeah, I think this was a great conversation. One thing I do normally ask that I didn't ask that sometimes I think people are curious about is um, how do we know each other? Or like, when did we meet? Or where did we meet? And I don't know if I fully know the answer to this question specifically, so that's a great question. I think we met in college, but I couldn't tell you a specific time or place yeah, that we met in same, college. I remember meeting same. you there. Um, I wouldn't say I knew you well at all right? in, right. in college sort of acquaintances. So yep. where we really, um, I think, developed friendship is um, working mm-hmm. at the same college. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember when you interviewed oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> for a marketing department. And, um, oh, that's right. You were yeah. in my interview committee. I forgot about that that's just right. now. Oh, my gosh. And we had weekly meetings together um, in one form or fashion. No, yeah, we've we've lived a lot of life together in that work setting specifically. Yeah, um, which very specific. Funnily enough, I was like then also thinking, but like, what's the longest conversation Justin and I have had that's like not about work? And this is mm. probably it. And I had similar thoughts when you asked me to do this. I said, "That's interesting. She may really regret um, inviting <laughs> me on." <laughs> no, but, no, um, I. I think this was great and I really super appreciate you agreeing to do this. Um, I know it's kind of a random thing. Um, um, this was good. Oh, for sure. This was fun. This was Happy to meaningful. Happy to be here. Whatever we can do to bring exposure to the, the sleeper film, Dan in real life. Absolutely. Is this is your life mission. I think you should keep up the work for sure. You should probably get some yard signs. 
I think that that'll solve it. Dan in real life for president. Can a movie be president? I'd vote. You for know, it. at this point, I think it's worth a shot. You you could try a write in. You know. I think we're in a movie right now. You we know? probably Why? are. Let's go. For it, it feels like I wish we were because then maybe the ending would flip a little bit. But all right. You know what? I think similar to Dan in real life, it will have a happy. I ending. I agree. I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic. Yes. I'm sad, but I'm hopeful. Yes, absolutely. Dan in real Dan life. Dan in real life. Murderer of love. There we have it, folks. Thanks, Justin. This was great. Thanks, Lindsay. And I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for joining me today. I hope you'll find some time to think about the ways that good things are on the horizon in your own life. Remember from today's conversation that life is good and bad, and that when bad things happen, good things will also still happen and keep happening. Um, I hope that you have a great day, and until next time.